Chiefs podcast, Playoffs Edition. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Welcome to the Everything Leaks podcast. I'm Kevin Papetti here with Nick D'Souza. We got a playoff edition of the podcast. Nick, let's get right to it. Pierre Engvall just scored against the Carolina Hurricanes. Can we do about 30 minutes on this? What do you think? I mean, that's uh, that's exactly what we expected based on past playoff uh, playoff Engvall. I was going to say <laughs> Pierre Engvall uh, playoff performances. So, I mean, he's just doing what he does, scoring goals in the playoffs. So I'm glad he did that with the Leafs the last couple of years, though. Well, it's actually been like, I think Trevor Moore got an OT winner. Zach Hyman got an OT winner. It's a lot of former Leafs right now getting getting some big goals. So I don't know. I know. It's kinda... Also, also some uh, some current Leafs getting some big goals as well. Yeah. Based on this series and OT. So I mean, like Kevin, like what a what a crazy 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 series. Like I, I know we've been waiting for this since it feels like October, but I gotta say, like this series, just in terms of like it feels like each game is like ten games long. Like there's so much happening. I do want to go through each game here just pretty quickly. Like, what, what were your general thoughts about game one, first of all? Well, I was not overly pleased. I don't think you were overly pleased as well. I saw you there. And then yeah. I think we are bad luck. I think that I think it was us. <laughs> like, I, I think we have to take responsibility. And, I mean, when we're not in the building, they're 3-0. and I know. That is true. I mean, yeah, we were at game one um general thoughts i thought the crowd was really really good i was at game five last year uh it was a loud building i thought game one it was even louder especially in the intro um i i i mean you you know one thing i gotta say i don't know about in your section kevin but like they after the first period i did not think the fans were booing the team i thought they were just really upset with the refing that game um but the way I thought, I mean, I thought Toronto just played really bad in the first period. Obviously, their breakouts, which we'll get to in a bit, were really, really bad. Tampa's forecheck looked fantastic. And then every time pretty much Toronto got any sort of momentum, they they, they took a penalty or, you know, obviously the, the calls weren't great in game one. I, I didn't like the camp call. I didn't like the Shen crosscheck. Um, and, and those penalties kind of just killed them. So I thought they, I didn't think they played as badly as we kind of, take it but yeah that first period was pretty brutal yeah i mean i love how we're starting with the the one loss people are like get to the four one comeback we're, we're starting with the loss here oh we're getting there yeah but we're gonna yeah, get there for uh, sure the goal like one minute into game one was deflating and then 3-0 after one the, the goal like kudrow scored like five seconds left uh it seemed like it was just penalty after penalty for the leafs i think that was the west mccauley game um yeah it was yeah that's uh well, we'll see if we'll see if the Leafs get on for game five, six, or seven because it's going to be interesting. But I know the Leafs. You know when they got back into the game there after Nylander's goal, make it three two. It was short lived because Point scored shortly after. But the crowd was fired up. We at least had that one minute of hope if if you're a Leafs fan. But yeah, downhill from there. Unfortunately, the third didn't really matter. It was such a blowout. Um, but yeah, just just all around a poor game. Like Samson went in six you know you're expecting a better effort from the Leafs given you know having a playoff series in forever to come out of the gates yet Tampa is the one that comes out of the gates so an interesting game obviously you know Hedman got hurt there for a game Cernak got hurt on the bunting bunting got suspended uh but that was definitely one to forget and then 
really the complete opposite in game two, Nick. Like, I, I can't think of a better response. Samson not played well. Uh, they just racked up points. So, I don't know. It's just got everyone back. Like, their stats looking good. Tavares gets the hat trick. Marner gets three points. Nylander gets two. Riley picks up four assists. I think that's tied the Leafs defense record in the playoffs. So, just a, almost a perfect game. So, it was kind of, after two games, it was kind of just a tale of, of the two extremes. Yeah, I thought Keefe, I, I want to give a lot of credit to Sheldon Keefe. I thought, I think overall he's had a fantastic series. Um, I, I just, you know, after game two, he he did a lot of really, really good things in terms of making sure that, for example, Riley and, and Shen really didn't see the top two lines in the first two games. They had a ton of offensive zone starts. Um Keefe was really mixing up the lines in the first two games to make sure that Matthews got favorable matchups. Um, I'm going to wait till game three to see him in terms of like, he, he did something in game three, which I guess this is our segue to where it was fourth line versus fourth line. And the Aston Reese line pretty much hemmed in uh, Maroon and, and company. And right away, Keefe ter- put on Matthews and Marner and, Right after that, Matthews scores the tip-in goal in Game 3. So I think Keefe's had a good series. I loved Marner at the beginning of Game 2 to just pick off that pass and, and then score on the power play right after. It was just, you know, like the Stars need to needed to show up in Game 2, and they really did. So, um, yeah, first two games, I mean, I think you got to be happy with, with just how they played, especially in Game 2. But let's get to Game 3 real quick before we obviously get to the game last night. What do you think of Game 3? Because that was... That was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, three and four, it seemed like they... I didn't think they deserved to win either game, three and four. I mean, the comeback was fantastic, the third in game four, but, you know, they got a little bit unlucky, and they've had a lot of deflections go in. Um, obviously, O'Reilly in, in game three, one minute left, plays the hero, and he landed throws it in front, uh, and then Riley threw another screen. So, you know, we'll, I, with, with, when it comes to the Leafs, they just haven't won that many playoff games in in previous years and when they have it's been about three every year other than the columbus year it was two because it was only five games but they seem to win only when they dominate and they just don't get the luck or they don't get the goaltending or they don't get a bounce or a penalty something goes wrong right so it's 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 definitely refreshing to see the leafs come out on the winning side of that uh a, a late third period goal they're not the team blowing the lead they're the team you know taking advantage and, and getting one past Vasilevsky, who's looked pretty human so far. And then Riley, just, you know, a nice point shot, with screen in front. O'Reilly wins the faceoff, you know, doesn't have to go to double OT when everyone's exhausted. So uh, definitely, uh, you know, on, on the Saturday night there, it's a, a sweet win. And then that just puts you in the driver's seat, right? If you're up 2-1, best case you go up 3-1, worst case you're tied. And, you know, definitely didn't think they deserved to win. <laughs> Uh, last night either nick but i guess with the third period it made up for it but those first two periods especially the first you know i thought they really struggled to get in the offensive zone they really were getting dominated in the neutral zone campus special teams came out amazing like just outstanding penalty kill outstanding power play that looked like it was going to be the story and then i thought samson played fine i thought i actually thought he played well it was just like perfect shots that beat him but yeah matthew scores two riley gets another one Kerfoot of all people with the overtime winner when he's barely plays on the power play he just gets an opportunity and takes advantage so I don't know I think they're fortunate to be up 3-1 it could definitely be 3-1 the other way um if, if you know another break or two but 
the Leafs will, will certainly take it. And, you know, they got to outplay Tampa here, at least two of the next three. Hopefully there aren't three games. Hopefully it's just one. But they got to play better. Let's let's put it that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. Like, I'll say game three first. I mean, I thought Tampa's forecheck was really good. And, like, their neutral zone trap was really, really good. Um, obviously, there was just not that many shot attempts from Toronto. But, so... One thing to shed some light on Game 3 in general, I, I did think that, you know, the the just the, the way, like, the territorial battle went made the game look a lot worse. Like, so the, the shot attempts was, at 5-on-5, five five, was 81-42 to 42 from for Tampa. This is at 5-on-5 five five throughout uh, Game 3. So the Leafs had 13 high-danger shot attempts. How many do you think Tampa got? In Game 3? In game three. So they had 81 shot attempts in all. Leafs had 42. The Leafs had 13 high danger shot attempts. How many do you think Tampa had? I have no idea. They barely were. They had 17. They had 17. So, you know, the, the difference between the actual real high danger scoring chances wasn't as big. And I thought Sheldon Keefe did a really good job after the game. He said that Tampa gave pretty much everything that they had in game three. And territorially, the... There was a huge, huge tilt for Tampa, but I thought the Leafs did a pretty good job of keeping Tampa to the outside. When we talk about the whole deserve thing, at this point though, like I kind of care less about the whole deserving thing. Like, obviously, like that's the most obvious thing ever. Like that's. I'm I'm not saying this directed to you really, but I'm just thinking in general. Like I don't really care, especially when you're up three one. Like we can kind of go through narratives all we want. I mean. I don't think anyone after after 2013 losing that 4-1 lead were saying, well, the Leafs kind of deserve to win that game. If, if you have a 4-1 lead with 12 minutes left and you blow it, guess what? You don't really deserve to win that game. Like, you can go both ways there. So I think Keith has played a very safe lineup. I think they really, really valued having defending the front of the net, being good along the boards, and they sacrificed a ton of neutral zone skill and I think that's kind of what we've gotten after four games. I think in terms of how good Toronto's been in front of a net, in terms of how good they've been in net front, a ton of their goals have been tipping goals. They've had a few rebound goals. And then obviously the point shots that have gone through through a screen goalie. Like, it's 3-1 for a reason is, is what I'm trying to say. And no, but they haven't won the series yet. They have to they have to beat Tampa again. They need to play better if they're going to expect to beat Tampa. And, and, you know, they could get lucky. No, they haven't won the series, but... Like I think Tampa needs to play better. They gotta win three games. No, and they it they have to win three more series to win the cup, right? So I don't think anyone's anyone in the right mind is saying they're gonna give the games back. But there are some legitimate concerns here in terms of their play. I mean, all, the wins are all that matters. The wins are all that matters. Yeah, I mean, but like, what are we arguing here? Like they're up three one. Do they need to change things? Hundred percent. But they're playing a good team too, right? So, you know, if you have the same thing as game two, even if you have period two and three from game one yeah, like i like their chances in game five and seven so i guess we'll see let's let's get into the game yesterday because it was a good game what would you say is like the big takeaway just just in general from the first four games and just from yesterday as well the big takeaway from the first four i guess that they're up three one like that's really all that matters but when you look at i guess their play it's it's that their stars have found a way to score like mitch marner's leading the nhl in points right now matthew's had a big game scoring two Tavares had a hat trick. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he did have the hat trick. And then O'Reilly's been outstanding, like just clutch. 
you know, whether it be that game tying goal, whether it be the takeaway leading to the Achari goal the other night. Um, you look at Morgan O'Reilly, who's really stepped up. Like their best players, their highest paid players have been their, their best players. You need your goaltender to be good. He has been good. So I think their key players have all stepped up. I think you can definitely nitpick in terms of depth players. Like, you know, I don't think Lafferty's played a huge role in this series, but he hasn't been great. I don't think Giordano's been great. I don't think Justin Hall's been great, but it hasn't mattered because their stars have gotten the job done when it matters. So I, I don't think anyone, like, I, I do think it's very positive in the fan base to be up 3-1. I think they are a little bit fortunate. Like, it could be 2-2, it could be 3-1 for Tampa, but who cares because they haven't been fortunate in previous years, right? So take the luck when you get it. And that's, like, yeah, literally the majority of playoffs when it's two good teams, yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, do you need better transition play? Yes, if you're going to get by Boston and whoever's next, Carolina or the Rangers, you'll need you'll need to make some improvements. Obviously, with Bunt, I think we'll talk about Bunting and if he'll come back, but I think he'll be in if if not next game, then eventually. Uh, assuming there's a long playoff run, he'll certainly be in at some point. Um, and I guess the other the other real bright spot. I mean, you can point to Luke Shen, you can point to Matthew Nyes. There have been plenty of bright spots. It has been, you know, a series with plenty of positives, plenty of negatives. Um, so there are quite a few storylines. Like it's not like it's been. You know, just a, a smooth, easy series or very even series. Like we have, we had, the Leafs have had very, uh, like a very rough game one, a very strong game two. And then even if you look at just games three and four, like you can break it down. They had clear negatives in that game, clear positives. So far it's working. And uh, they'll definitely take the, the, the luck or the bounces when they get them. So I don't know how many, like it's been a lot of tips, a lot of screenshots. Uh, they'll take that goals those goals but you know i guess we're all just hoping that vasilevsky continues to look human because we've seen him go off and we've seen the leafs you know fail to close out series in the past i like their chances i think they're better than tampa i think they'll come out flying at home in game five they get two games at at home and tampa is amazing at home this year so that's the other thing i guess to uh, keep in mind is you got two of the next three in toronto yeah big time i guess when i look at the series is is if someone told me after four games that Tampa was going to control the neutral zone and you know the Leafs were going to find ways to be up 3-1 I, I probably wouldn't be that surprised just based on the lineups that Keith has been putting out the big surprises for me obviously I think is Samsonov Samsonov has been excellent he was the reason why they won game three you know a good game last night as well and I guess the Vasilevsky he's been the most surprising portion of this whole series one thing I will say is that on the intermission yesterday they talked about the study that happened that pretty much talked about his blocker side and and those point shots him having an inability to track it that's definitely been a lot of the shots especially the clean shots have been on the blocker side so it's it's almost one of those things where the Leafs seem to have found a weakness and just continue to pepper it we'll see what happens in game five six and seven but yeah Vasilevsky to me has definitely been one of the biggest surprises um hopefully that continues yeah, 856. I mean, I don't think it's a huge weakness of his. Like, you look at his track record, he's got such a long track record. You know, it's not like he's a bad goalie or anything. Maybe he's, like, a little bit more susceptible to that to those, you know, screen point shots. But I don't think it's much. I could easily see him, you know, stealing a game for Tampa or two games for Tampa or three games for Tampa. He's just, he has the track record. We've seen him do it time and time again. Uh, obviously, you'd, the Leafs are in a good spot right now. They're up 3-1. 
Uh, I don't know if they've played their best hockey. I mean, they did in game two. They did in the third period of game four. Um, you know, I, I think you hope that they play, you know, another game two type game and, and one of the next three. Hopefully it's just game five, series over, get your rest. Um, and, and, you know, I think the biggest surprise has been Luke Shen because you look at his, you know, his game the other night, 10 hits. Um, him and Riley, I think that was the, the defense pair that a lot of people were most concerned about heading in. And, you know, there are a lot of questions about whether Lilligren should play over Shen. But at this point, it looks like playing Shen was a pretty wise decision because he's he's been fantastic, you know, whether it's been from a physical standpoint or, or even just, like, you look at his just the numbers. Like, it's not just the intangibles. It's not just the toughness, which are nice to have and are things I value. But, you know, the, the actual defensive numbers are, are pretty impressive. And, you know, part of that is that Morgan Riley looks like a $7.5 million defenseman right now, which we haven't seen for, for quite a while. Uh, he looks like he's prime Riley rather than the one we saw this season. And, you know, that's a huge storyline for the Leafs. I mean, Shen being capable is one thing, but if Riley is a, a looks like a legitimate number one, number two defenseman, that's a big addition for the Leafs because they did not have that this season. He was not that effective. Like, he's been outstanding, Morgan Riley. Yeah, especially I also will say, you know, we talked a lot about usage, and I think this when it, when it comes to the Leafs defensemen, usage in this series especially is, is pretty important, especially the home games. Um, Keith, like Riley hardly saw the top two lines in those first two games, and I was pretty scared about game three and four because the, the minutes that pretty much Riley did see, Kucherov and Stamkos, and, and this is Riley and Shen, Tampa pretty much dominated those minutes. So I was pretty scared in these games, in game three and four, knowing that Cooper had the last change and Riley definitely did see more of Stamkos definitely saw more of Kucherov and Point and and Sorelli and they did really really well in game three and four uh, they still got a ton of offensive zone starts Keith was still able to do that but you know I was really impressed with how Riley and Shen did did they still have their you know trouble breaking it out and and some some poor defensive plays yeah but the big thing with Riley is when he's providing offense, when he's kind of driving play up, he's generating, you know, coming, sliding down the boards and, and providing offense, you take the good and the bad. And, and yeah, when the good is going, it's uh, it's pretty fun to watch because we all know what Riley's capable of. So he's been really good this series, especially in three and four when, you know, he was getting some tougher matchups than he was in game one and two. Yeah, I think that's been their best defense pair by far. I think Brody was really good at the start of the series. He had, you know, he's a little bit shaky three and four, but he's just been so good this year. He still has good numbers overall. Um, if you just look at the, the four games as, as a whole, I thought McCabe is it needs to be a little bit more disciplined. He got a little bit fortunate yesterday. I mean, he takes a penalty at the end of the second period. It was a four on three. Tampa could have ended the game there. Like if Tampa scores one more, I think it's over. Um, you know, the, maybe the Leafs give up at five one rather than four one. Um, you know, then he blows a tire at the end, but you know, I, I, I think I've seen enough of McCabe. I know what he is. Uh, he's, he's a solid player. He's a valuable player for them because Riley's an offensive defenseman on the left side and, and Giordano hasn't really looked like Giordano. So McCabe's kind of the clear guy for the left side there. And then the third pair has been a bit iffy. I've, I've been a bit, a little bit higher on Hall than most, but still not all that high on Hall. I think he's just been okay. And then, you know, they're getting, they're getting tough matchups though. But they're not getting like, the hardest. Matchups. They're seeing they're like they're getting point Kucherov a lot. 
they're getting Stamkos a lot. They're hardly seeing like Belmar and Kalorn and Colton. They're they're seeing Point Kucherov. Like I'm just pulling up Hall here. This was last night. Hall Hall is seeing the top forwards are Point Kucherov, Stamkos, and yeah. And then So Riley's seeing more of Kucherov than than Hall this series by like twenty seconds. I mean I, I, for game three and four, like Cooper did a pretty good job trying to get them, but Riley and Shen just really stood up well. Um, but through the four, the first two games, like they hardly saw the top two, and that's not taking anything away. I mean, if you're Sheldon Keith, it's in your best interest to try and use Riley in the most offensive situations to really flourish. But I don't know, like for Geo and Hall, it's it's I, I think they've done okay. I mean, obviously with Hall, there's been a lot of goals against, especially on the penalty kill, but. Like someone's got to see those tough minutes, and but it's not that tough. Like it's it's, it's... who's Stamkos point? No, Kucherov? they don't get Stamkos point. Kucherov, like Hall's played less against Kucherov than than. So yeah, Riley plays more in general, but when you look at just Hall and Giordano's minutes, because they play less in general, but when you look at who they're playing, they're playing mostly point Kucherov Stamkos. When you're if you're just judging based on their their minutes, they're seeing those players. I'm still looking at Hall. Like it's it's seventy and a half minutes against Kucherov and forty five and a half against not Kucherov. Are you, are you looking over the? Are you looking at game one and two? Or are you looking at just all four, all four put together? Because, okay, so in game three and four, in general, it was a lot more spread out because Tampa had the last change. Yeah, which is fine, but like, Tampa's a one line team right now offensively. Like, the fourth line's gotten some stuff done, but like that second line, I mean, they shouldn't be dominating to the extent they are against Giordano Hall. Like, I, I thought Giordano coughed up the puck a few times. No, no, no. I'm not saying they've played well. I'm just saying, like, it, those, those are just they're tough minutes. Like, those are good players. Who's good? Like, the second line, like, with Sorelli or the, the third line with Nick Paul? Like, that's... A, I don't think Tampa's that deep this year. Like, Sorelli's a good player. If, if yesterday he played point Kucherov Stamkos, like, is that the one line you're saying is good? Yes, but he hasn't played them in the four games, like, very much. Yeah, I'm not saying they've been good. I just think that's kind of what I expect is based on their zone starts, based on their usage in general. I mean, I don't really expect them to be above 50% in those minutes. But do I think they've played great even despite those minutes? No, not really. But I think they've been good enough. I mean, they've been under 40% in terms of expected goals. I think I think if the Leafs lose that game, like you at least consider healthy scratching one of them. And I think Giordano's included in that because I think Giordano is is like old right now or tired i don't know what it is maybe the yeah i mean it's their third best pair right like yeah but like you need better than below 40 like they've gotten caved in way too much for my liking i, I know they take some tougher starts but they're not getting the brody mccabe usage and no well that's their best pairing yeah and and well riley shen's been their best pairing by quite a bit and then mccabe brody is their best shutdown pairing for sure i think we were agreeing right. and then I don't know, like, if, if someone, one of those two needs to step up. Like, you need better pr- production, because I think then you're you're considering either Gustafsson or Lilligren, depending on which one you're taking out, the left or the yeah, right. Yeah, good problem to have. I mean, Lilligren's, Lilligren's a good defenseman, too. All right, so, I guess that's the next question, is what lineup changes are you doing for Game 5, if any? Is, I, I think the forward one's going to be the big one, so are you keeping the defense as is? Yeah, keeping the defense as is. See, I can see the argument for changing it because I wouldn't mind 
getting Lilligren in for a game. I know, like, if you're the Leafs, you're thinking, you know, let's just win the series and figure it out later, but neither of them have been good, and I wouldn't mind keeping, like, a guy like Lilligren fresh, but, yeah, I, I can see the argument for keeping the, the pairings. Like, I wouldn't be... I wouldn't be outraged either way if they did make a change because I don't think it's yeah. been good, but yeah. um, I would probably keep I, I think Lilligren's like obviously a good player. I think he could probably help. Well, he would help their breakouts. Um, and just in the neutral zone, like his neutral zone defense is so, so good. And I do think they've allowed Tampa to enter the zone a little bit too easily for my liking. But, I mean, Hall, are you going to replace someone who's on the penalty kill against Tampa's power play, even though the power play has been very good and the penalty kill i don't think has been that good i think it's a little risky at this point and are you going to take out shen like definitely not so yeah i would keep it the same as well but let, let's get into bunting because i think that's probably the obviously the the elephant in the room in terms of the game five lineup in general let's ask the the i guess the the main question do you have him in or do you have him out bunting i have him in yeah i have him in as well i mean i don't think that for me that He's still one of the best 12 forwards on the team. You got to play your best lineup in game five. So, yeah, I definitely have him in. And who do you have out right now, Kevin? Uh, I'd have Lafferty. Like, yeah. I think he's been their, their bottom. Like, I think Aston Reese would be fine, but I think Aston Reese has probably outplayed Lafferty. So, I mean, you do have to get creative. Like, I, I don't know if, you know, I, I think, as you alluded to, he's one of the top 12 forwards. Like, you play your best lineup. Like, make Tampa beat your best lineup. I know, like, you don't mess with the winning lineup things out there, but I don't buy that. Like, the Leafs have played plenty of winning lineups going into Game 7 and, and lost, so I don't, I don't see how that's ever worked. Um, the, the Leafs have been fine, but, like, again, like, was Game 3 their best game? No. Did they, they look terrible in the first half of Game 4, so it's not like they're just steamrolling Tampa right now and there's, there's no reason to make changes. And then, like, what did Sam Lafferty have to do with games three and four in terms of wins, right? Like, I, so I, I do understand, like, do you maybe want to put Bunting on in a different line? Maybe, but again, like, the Tavares line has not been excellent at five on five. I think you can make changes there. There's definitely things to improve. It's not like this, this, it's not like we had like three game twos in a row where the Leafs are just steamrolling them. It's been, there's been definitely some, some weak spots and, and areas you can improve. So, um, I do think it's a bit awkward with Nyes and Bunting because they're both, you know, you kind of want to shelter them both a little bit defensively. Uh, you do have to kind of, you know, figure out what to do there. And, and Nyes has played, been so good that you want to keep him in the lineup for sure and know he's not coming out. Um, so that's why I was thinking maybe maybe you move Marner down with Tavares and, and give him someone like Bunting because Marner is so good defensively, you can kind of cover for those two. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Yarn Croak, Matthews, Nylander, Bunting, Bunting, Tavares, Tavares Marner. Yeah, that's actually what I have right now too. I have, to to me, I think one of the big things you need is I think you need to improve that fourth line in Game Five. The fourth line's been just getting pretty hemmed in, like a lot of shifts, uh, and they're they're having a lot of lines against the other team's fourth line. Like that Maroon Perry line is outplaying our fourth line by quite a bit right now, so. To me, I would definitely have Bunting in the lineup. Also for Lafferty, I mean that was a dis that was something I wanted in Game One. Um, you know, if Keith did play Nyes, I thought Lafferty was going to be the guy that was going to be out. So for me, that's a pretty easy decision. Yeah, the only thing is with Bunting is you look at Camp's usage and it's like zero offensive zone starts in the series, literally zero, and then it's like twenty four defensive. So that's a defensive zone start. Camp actually plays. 
as you said, he plays against the fourth line, but he also plays a, like a fair amount against the top line because he takes those defensive zone starts and Cooper's throwing out his offensive guys. So I don't know if Bunting's the fit there. I think Bunting plays top nine, and then you move either Kerfoot or Achari down depending on what you want to do because those guys do play in the defensive zone start rule. Yeah, and even right now, like Kerfoot and Achari are both under 50% in terms of defensive zone starts. So, Sorry, in, t- in terms of offensive zone starts. So yeah, I think it's going to be one of them. Um, in a way, I hope it is Achari. I just think his his style like really fits that fourth line. Um, but I've I've liked him with O'Reilly. I I've liked him too. Yeah, it's one of those things. I think that's tough too. I, I think it's a good problem to have. Like I don't think this is going to be a make or break decision. And Keith's been switching up the line so much during the game, anyways. But well, who would you rather have with in the top nine? Is the question I think. Like either can play on the fourth line. Yeah. Um. I guess Achari, I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather have Achari on both on both lines, really. So <laughs> Yeah, so I think you prioritize the one that's getting more minutes and getting with O'Reilly and nine. Yeah, so, yeah, so. That line looked really good. I forget what game it was. I think game two. Game two, yeah, game two. Yeah, so I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that again. If you wanted to put nines with Tavares Marner, I wouldn't mind it, and then put Bunting with O'Reilly Achari or something like that. That would be cool, too. Yeah. You know, if, if Kerfoot and Achari are flipped, I don't think it's the end of the world because, you know, whatever, both players can do both roles. But, I don't know, I tweeted my lines out earlier if anyone wants to see them. But um, I, I, I think I've been I've been wanting to play Marner with Matthews just because it's better defensively. But, you know, Tavares could use the help right now. He hasn't been, been all that good at 5-on-5 five five lately. No. No, Tavares hasn't been good. Um, I thought Matthews has been quite good actually, like throughout the series. I think he's probably been one of their probably their best guy. Um, yeah, Marner's really had his his spots. Um, yeah, he's been fantastic. Yarncroke, I think, I think Yarncroke. Well, Yarn, he's winning his minutes by expected goals. He is winning his minutes. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the eye test. I've really loved him throughout the series, but you're right. Like he has been winning his minutes defensively. I, I don't think they've been scored on, or maybe it might have changed yesterday at five on five with him yeah, on. Yeah, it did change. Um, but Yarncroke's an interesting one. I just think he fits fine with with Matthews. I think that's okay. He's just not a guy that really stands out. Um, and it's obviously difficult to stand out on the line with Matthews and Marner. I guess by comparison. What, what have you thought of Neolander? Because I, I have I definitely have thoughts on Neolander. I know that a lot of people haven't been too happy with him in general this series, but um, yeah, I'll let I'll let you say what you think about Neolander first. I mean, it's been kind of an extreme Neolander series. Like I, I think the commentary around him is often overblown, but I actually think it's been pretty valid in this playoffs where you have you have some huge positives, like his play in overtime last night, and then you have some huge negatives where. He's lost his defensive assignment. Um, you know, I thought he didn't show up in the like. I thought he was the worst player in the first half of, of of last night's game. Like, just getting caved in. Like, at least you had some positives from some other players. You had nothing from him for a while. And then, you know, I was doing report cards. I think the first positive thing I had to say about him was with a minute left in the second. And I'm a new like I'm a pretty big Nylander fan. It's not like I'm here. Uh, I'm not someone who typically throws that guy under the bus, but. I thought if I thought if Tampa scored there in the four on three that he was going to get benched. Um, so I do obviously you want a bit more of a consistent effort from Nylander, but you know at the same time like this is a guy that's that's put up points and has, has produced offensively. Um, obviously you'd like him to kind of clean up his game a little bit and, and play a little bit better because it's been hit and miss. But 
you know, it's been a series of, of you know, plenty of highs, but plenty of lows for him. I think it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but you know, the offense is there. It, obviously he can break a game open with this skill that, that hasn't gone away. It, it's funny that you said it's been an extreme Nylander series. Cause, um, if you had to encapsulate the series in four words, I think that's perfect. It's, you know, when you look at strengths and weaknesses of each player, I think Nylander, it's, it's been very extreme. I think when off the puck, I think he's had a pretty bad series, especially in the last two games. Obviously, the effort has been there, has not been there um, at certain times. And, and in the playoffs, it really sticks out like a, like a sore thumb. But I think we sometimes overlook Nylander's strengths because of how easy he makes it look. And this team's really struggled in the neutral zone. They really struggle to back up Tampa's defense and just generate carries into successful carries and clean carries into the offensive zone in general. And Nylander has been really good in that aspect. And, and I just think it's something that we kind of overlook because he's so good at it. We see him do it so often. Um, and in games three and four, when the Leafs really had stretches where they were struggling to get out of their own end, the puck would just kind of go on to Nylander's stick. He'd slow the game down. He'd pick up speed and he'd get the Leafs up the ice. And a lot of times it, it led to chances. And usually we kind of forget about who got them in the zone in the first place. Like even yesterday on Kerfoot's winning goal, it was Nylander's entry on the power play, which got them in there and that led to the goal. So I would actually like to see him on power play one again. I think the entries for their power play have been pretty bad. Um, they've really struggled to gain the zone on the power play, especially in the last two games. So I would actually like to see Nylander back on the power play one just to get them into the zone. And obviously we know what he can do when they're actually in the zone as well. So um, there's definitely more that they can get out of him though off the puck um, and especially in that compete level. So I think the criticism is, you know, pretty valid through the first four games but let's not take away this guy's been a pretty big game breaker through the first four games he scored in the first two and uh, he's had his fingerprints all over the last two games like yeah and when you look at when you look at yesterday's game and they had such a hard time getting in the offensive zone for the first two periods especially the first um that's when you really need a guy like Nylander because he is there he is amazing in terms of entries I, I agree with you in terms of the power play I don't know you know, they do put him on there a little bit more than maybe the other power play two forwards, but, you know, he, maybe he doesn't start, and then if the puck goes out, he goes back on because he is so good at entries, and, you know, O'Reilly is playing well, but Nylander I think is just as good on the power play, so uh, I'm, I'm not sure what they'll do there. It'll be interesting, but before we get out of here, Nick, there was I, one more guy I wanted to just talk about a little bit more, and that's, and that's I mean, I guess A. Mitch Marner, because the guy's point per game in the playoffs now for his career, he's, he's just racking up multi-point games. But I think that maybe the more the more fun one, the more of a bit of a surprise, I'll call it. I mean, we knew he was a pretty good prospect. I've seen plenty of him at the University of Minnesota. But Matthew Nyes has come in, and, and he looks like an, a, a player. Like I think everyone's in agreement You know, watching him. He's had no trouble adjusting. Uh, I had I had some concerns about his game. I think a defensively, and then b his you know, I didn't think he would be able to drive a line because he's not amazing in transition uh, in terms of speed or anything. But you look at the stick lifts, you look at his ability to just out muscle guys. He's elusive down low, like he's he's making NHL defenders miss, which obviously he did in college. But to do it against NHL players, I don't know, like. The potential's there, but to actually do it against a you know a team that's made three straight finals in Tampa, 
is another thing. And, you know, he's been able to put his put defenders in the spin cycle. He has had some defensive mistakes and turnovers, but it hasn't been too, too bad. And then really just a lot of life offensively. Like, uh, game three, Keith was really going to him. Uh, surprisingly, just shift after shift, trying to get something going from him. Uh, or, I mean, trying to get other players going by putting towards him. I mean, I, I give him an A-plus for this series. Like, I think he's been as good as I could have possibly expected so far. It's funny because, yeah, both you and I have watched him at the at Minnesota this year. I was skeptical. I said, this guy's going to have a great career. Um, but that jump is a tough jump. And the thing that I kind of kept alluding to and kind of thinking about is that, one, he doesn't need to be a point-per-game guy. And he could just be a guy who's very good at forechecking, decent defensively, and I think he'll have value for the Leafs. And he's really surprised me. Um, just in terms of how much confidence he has at the NHL, like I really thought he'd have to simplify his game a lot um, to, to kind of minimize turnovers and, and kind of not be a liability out there, especially after the first game when we saw that, that <laughs> defensive zone turnover. But since then, I mean, I don't really think there's been any sort of like whoops moments like that and if there has been it hasn't been a type of mistake that a veteran wouldn't make um and he's been on for some pretty big goals like i'm just looking at kyle cushman's tweet here the last three goals that nice has been on the ice for is o'reilly's game three game time goal then riley's game three winner and then kerfoot's game four winner so He's been so impressive, like you said. Like his hands are so, so, so good and tight. Um, I don't think we've gotten like a sample of his shot just yet, but I'm waiting to see that. And he's just he's just really epitomizes playoff hockey. Like he's very good along the boards. He's very good and tight. Um, he's good at stick lifting. He can take the body if he has to. So. I mean, I could. I think you and I could probably have a, a podcast for forty minutes just talking about Matt Nyes because I, I think he's been that good. So it's it's really cool to see Keith going to him, you know, when the Leafs are down and and really putting him with Matthews Marner and then Matthews Nylander and then O'Reilly and um, Nylander. So it's it's been really fun to watch. Yeah, I I think it's too early to say if he'll get to like the Nylander tier and be able to you know drive results with transition play and stuff, but. In terms of just being like a real solid NHL player, like a guy that can complement guys like Matthews and Marner next year, absolutely. Like he looks, he looks like a, a very good power forward. Wicked hands, uh, as we knew. But uh, anyone else you want to single out here before we get out of here? I'm trying to think here. Maybe O'Reilly, because O'Reilly. I mean, we talked about O'Reilly, but yeah, man, I mean... man, that guy's been the perfect deadline addition. Oh. Like you look at a little bit more impactful, like. I don't know if this is controversial, Nick. I'll have to get your thoughts, but like I would say, he's been more con- more impactful than Placanic, Boyle, Foligno. <laughs> Probably, right? Is that is that uh, fair? Uh, I don't. Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk might have been more impactful. Oh yeah, he was. You look at impactful. the positives and negatives. Yeah, I should. <laughs> yeah. might. Galchenyuk's the king right now. O'Reilly <laughs> might need to win the. Uh, get the series winner to to beat Galchenyuk because he's the he's the king right now but um that game two in particular like O'Reilly wasn't on the score sheet but my word that might have been the best performance best playoff performance by a player who didn't get a point that night I think in the last 10 years like that was a phenomenal 
phenomenal performance by O'Reilly. And the crazy thing about isn't him is he's not a great skater. Like he really kind of chugs along the ice, but he's always in position. He's always kind of making a each battle. It seems like he wins. Been really really good. O'Reilly's been amazing. It's just so clutch. Yeah, the faceoffs have been huge in the series for the Leafs, for Tavares or O'Reilly. Like, I mean, it's I, maybe it's just a fluke, but whenever the Leafs win a faceoff, they seem like they've they've scored off it, or a very high percentage at least. Yeah, I think whether it's O'Reilly, just all the little things well, you know, defensive play, ability to score in front, deflections, and just takeaways from this team in general. Like, again, I I think their transition plays iffy at times but once they're in the zone they just have so many guys that can pick pockets like Matthews is elite at it Marner's elite at it O'Reilly's elite at it Tavares is so good at it Nylander's very good at, at takeaways and now you've added Nyes who's you know lifting sticks like like crazy right now um, they have so many takeaway specialists that can just pick a pocket turn the puck the other way and, and create offense um, and when you do create a takeaway often the defense is out of position so um, I think that's a huge part of the Leafs game right now. I think, you know, can they improve the transition a little bit? Can the fourth line get in the offensive zone a little bit more? Can Tavares, you know, get a little bit of help, whether it's from Marner or elsewhere, to get in the zone a little bit more? Um, but, you know, they're competent defensively. They're, uh, they're able to get those deflections and score for some dirty goals right now. But I don't know what's your uh, what's your prediction when the Leafs win? Who's gonna be who's gonna be the hero? Is it a is it a low scoring Samsonov steals it game? Is it a is it a Matthews goes off? Is it a Marner goes off? Whether it's five six or seven, who's who's gonna be the eventual hero if the Leafs win? Yeah, I'm gonna go one up. I'm gonna say they're gonna finish it in five. I think it's gonna be like a like a three one game. They we're kind of due for a, a low scoring game here, and I think game five in general is gonna be quite tight. <laughs> I hope. Um, but so I'm going to go with, I think Matthews is going to get another one with that with, and then I'll say, I'll say O'Reilly. I mean, I think he's going to be the hero. I think this series is going to be kind of the Matthews and O'Reilly show. And then someone will get the, the empty netter. Let's give it to Kerfoot. Okay. And then bigger question, what's the bigger streak that, you know, what, what's the more important streak for the Leafs? Is it ending the playoffs route? So winning a round for the first time since 04, or is it winning a playoff game rest by West Macaulay? What's the bigger accomplishment to you? I hope the second option, we never need to see that. I hope it's just the uh, 2004 <laughs> streak and we just call it a day after that. <laughs> That's the only streak that matters. Yeah, the, the reps in last night's game were actually pretty good. Um, they missed a high stick on Nylander right before the winner. We won't talk about that, but it didn't end up mattering. Um, not like It wasn't Nylander's penalty. He got high stick. No, 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 I know, yeah. He, he It was pretty funny because he's coming back towards the blue line. You see him <laughs> grabbing his face, and then a second later, he, he realizes the puck's coming towards him. <laughs> he just starts playing with uh, right after getting a, a stick to the face. Yeah, I think Chris Rooney might be the best in the game. That's my, uh, we're going to we're gonna find, I'm going to regret this, I'm sure, down the line, but he refs the cup finals, and I don't know. I'm trying to figure out who the best ref in the game is. That's my goal for the next I know. Well, we're learning a lot of ref names after game one right now. So I'm, uh, I, I guess the last question for you, something we do every week, Kevin, next three games, game five, game six, game seven, how many wins do the Leafs need to get for you to be happy? Oh, <laughs> hmm. is this, is this in the deserve a Cause 
I'll say one. You I'll say actually, one. I'll say one. You know. That should be the new segment for the playoffs. Instead of how many wins does it take, how many deserve-o-metered um, wins does it take to be happy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the answer is zero because we'll take the wins. No one's... <laughs> After all the, uh, you know, outplaying Montreal and, and seeing them lose to Montreal because of Carey Price, you know, if, if Samsonov steals a game, I won't be the, I won't be too upset. I mean, let's, yeah, let's see no. Leafs Boston. Let's just get through this. Maybe Leafs Florida. Who knows, Nick? Who knows? I know those. Uh, I know. Well, they're not playing tonight. They're playing tomorrow. But for Game Five, t- that series could be over tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Hopefully, we have a series win to talk about the next time we're on, and hopefully, we'll see everyone in either a few days or next week.